Good morning, everyone. It's good to be back the next week. I met you all last last week, and so far, I'm uh, surviving as a deacon. I'm one week old. And I uh, know it's just it's so exciting, so exciting living in this new reality and being here ministering with you all. Um, you'll notice that I say A a lot uh, and I'll overpronunciate my words. I'm, I am Canadian. I'm from Ottawa, Ontario. And um, today in our readings, especially the first reading, we have a very important theme and message. The prophet Amos says to the people of Israel, Woe to the complacent in Zion. I feel like this is a very timely word for our culture and for where we are. We've become complacent in our own lives. Um, just the other week I was, you know, looking online and I saw that the new iPhone came out, iPhone 14. And I, I bet a lot of people are going to be going out and selling their iPhone 13s and iPhone 12s to get the newest iPhone. Because they just want the next, the next thing, the next thing to fill them, the next exciting thing in their life. The truth is we live in a very materially saturated culture. We're so focused on filling that, that instant gratification, filling that void. But are we truly happy? What are those ivory beds that you're lying on? What are those comfortable couches that you have? What is that fine wine that you're drinking? Now, I'm not saying those things are necessarily bad, but how are, how, what's your relationship with them? Are we using these things to fill a deeper void within ourselves, or are we turning to the Lord Jesus to fill that void and, and be that place in our life? I'd like to share with you a part of my story about how the Lord shook me up from my complacency. The rich man in, in, in the gospel, he was so focused on his own worldly pleasures and his, and his own little circle of, of influence of who he was, he wasn't even aware that there was a man outside of his house who was poor and who was begging and who was in need. So in sharing my story with you, I want to share with you how God impacted my life and how he opened my eyes to an eternal reality, an eternal perspective, a perspective where I'm seeing life for, for its, its true value in relationship to, to our Lord. Before I share this story, I just want to share with you an, an analogy that I once heard, kind of just talking about how we... how eternal reality really looks like. So imagine, imagine a, a planet the size, like a, a metal ball the size of a planet. It's huge. And every 1,000 years, a bird flies by this, this big, massive ball of, of metal and just swipes its wing and, and, and grazes against the ball. Now imagine when that ball is dissolved to nothing, that's when eternity really begins. So life is so much bigger than, than, than it is right now on, on earth. And we need to be thinking in that kind of reality. I grew up in a, a Catholic family. We went to church every Sunday. We, we celebrated uh, Catholic tradition in the home, lives of the saints. Uh, we, we prayed uh, as a family together. And I was just very fortunate to be brought up in that kind of culture that rich, rich Catholic tradition and culture. 
But as, as I got a little bit older and started going to high school, I started becoming complacent in my own faith. Yeah, I went to church every Sunday, and I, I did my prayers once in a while, but my faith started becoming something like an interest among other things in my life. It was competing with school, with athletics, with the arts, with various hobbies that I had. And Jesus was becoming only a part of my life among many other things. After high school, I, I went to a, a college, a Catholic college in Canada. It's in the middle, really in the middle of nowhere in Ontario. Um, and a, a great Catholic college, uh, rich, rich teaching. Um, and there was only about 100 students there, so it was very small. And because it was such a small college, we lived in these little households of, like, of men and women, like little fraternities. And it, it was beautiful. You know, we, we had this beautiful way of just supporting each other and living with each other and praying together. But something tragic happened that year, about halfway through the year in February. Now, being in, in Canada in the winters, we, we get pretty thick ice on, on lakes in the winter. And, and there's sometimes a, a culture where people will drive across lakes to get to other places or do, do ice fishing and such. And a few of my friends heard that there was, you know, there was this ice path that you could take to go to the next town. And as they were driving in their van, their van went through the ice. And two of my friends out of the five who were in the vehicle died. And it just, it just shattered my reality. I had never experienced death before, and it was just so close to home. You know, three of the people that were in the vehicle were, were, were guys who I lived with that year in that intimate household. And one of them had passed away. God broke into my reality and shook me up. But really, what, what stayed with me over and over again was that morning before the car went through the ice, my friend who had died asked me to join them on the trip. He said to me, Kevin, would you like to go with us? We're going to go shopping in the next town. And knowing me, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I like that kind of stuff. You know, I like adventures. I like being impulsive. I like just going on and doing things with my friends. And I, 99% of the time, I would have said yes. But for some reason, I had an excuse. I said, you know, I'm going to go play the drums for a little bit and do, do a few other things around the house. So, yeah, you guys go ahead. I'm not going to go with you. But after the fact, after the tragedy happened, I couldn't help but question, to question the Lord, why am I alive? Why did I not go in the vehicle with, with my friends? And it kind of, it, it brought me to a place of really questioning life and questioning why I'm here and what my purpose is. God used that opportunity to, to shake me up a little bit, shake me out of my complacency. And, and I came to a place with the Lord that year where I made an ultimatum. I said to the Lord, it's obvious that you've given me a second chance at living, at serving, at, at living life to the fullest. So I, I think I need to give you a second chance as well. So I kind of prayed that prayer to the Lord that year. And the following year, I went off to a different college. I was pursuing uh, the trades. I had a passion for carpentry and woodworking. And when I was there, um, again, I was still struggling my faith and I was living a bit of a double life. And, you know, classic, uh, I, you know, you'd see a, a table in the hallway at the, on the campus for like a Christian club or a Catholic club. And in my heart, there was this desire to go up to the table and talk to the other Christians 
Um, but I was, so, I was so scared of my faith and um, still kind of lukewarm that I, I just pretended like I, I didn't know who they were. And I would walk away with my friends and, and ignore, ignore those, those Catholic or Christian clubs on campus. But partway through that year, um, a few of my friends invited me to go to a, a, um, a conference, a Christmas conference, put on by a group called Catholic Christian Outreach. They're a campus ministry in Canada that does university ministry. And I said, okay, sure, I'll, I'll go with you. And what happened there, again, shook me up. I was very, you know, um, inspired by like, all the young Catholics there and the faith and how alive they were and and just uh, the enthusiasm. But one of the keynote speakers, during one of his talks, he posed this question to us. He said, imagine two diagrams. One where Jesus is a part of your life among many other things, and you're at the center. Now imagine a second diagram where Jesus is in the middle of your life, and he's the center and source of everything that you do. And then he, he made it difficult for us. He said, I want to give you some time, and I want to ask you, where do you think you are? And I had to be honest with myself. And I sat there, and I, I pondered. And deep down, I, I, I knew where I was. I knew I was in that first diagram. I knew that Jesus was really only an aspect of my life. And, and really, I, I wasn't happy. I was trying to fill that void in my life with other things. And I'd, be like to, I'd say to Jesus, I'll give you Sunday, and then I'll see you next week. And that's my quota. Or I treated my faith like, if I do these things, like go to church, pray my rosary, whatever, then I've checked off my boxes, and now, now, now God's going to love me. Or I, I've got my ticket to heaven. And I, I had it so backwards. God's love is, is poured out freely. He loves us because of the fact of who we are as children of God. And I don't need to gain the Father's love. So I, 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 in that moment, I made a decision, Lord, I invite you to be the center of my life. I invite you to be the source and summit of my life. And I offer you all that I am. And when I made that decision to, to put the Lord in the middle of my life and, and, and to surrender to him, I just felt this immense, overwhelming peace and joy in my heart. It was like a burden was lifted off my shoulders. I don't have to do it all by myself anymore. But I have the Lord to, to, to be there as, as, as my anchor. And after that conference, my life changed. I gave the Lord permission to do his will in my life. I started going on mission trips. I actually became a full-time missionary uh, with, with Catholic Christian Outreach, and I was serving on university campuses as a missionary for three years. I used to say to myself, I love my job. When I was doing carpentry, I really did. I, I really loved working with my hands, and it was really great. Um, my, my new experience of working as a missionary, I started saying, I love my job. It was just the impact that I had sharing Jesus with others just brought me so much life. And just knowing how the Lord was working in people's lives and, and, the, and, and, and how their lives were being changed through my yes, it just, it was an incredible, incredible experience. Now, I, I pose this question to you. I want you to think honestly, where, where are you in your relationship with the Lord? Is Jesus an aspect of your life among other things? Or is he really the, the, the middle and, and the source and the, the center of your life? As I was reflecting on, the, on this gospel, I read something from St. Augustine. 
And he's, in, in reflecting on, on the relationship between Lazarus and this rich man, he said, you should be shocked by this gospel. You should be shaken to the core. But let us change our ways while we still have time. You know, our friend, the rich man, he, he waited too late. But the Lord wants to give you an opportunity today. Today is a, is a new day. It's a day where the Lord's calling us to greatness. The Lord's calling us to make a decision to give ourselves to him. You know, Jesus died for our sins so that we, so that we could live for him, that we could, 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 could run to him. St. Paul says in, this, in the, his letter to St. Timothy, I charge you with, with your confession, giving our, conf- our confession of faith to the Lord and saying, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that I'm broken, that I, I can't do this on my own. So Jesus, I want you to be the source of my life. In, in our Alleluia today, it said that Christ in his poverty became poor, that we, we might become rich. He took on our sins for us. So we need to compete well for the faith. Let, 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 let's go all in today. Let's say, Lord, I, I give you permission. And, and, and Paul promises that we'll, we'll have faith, we'll have peace, we'll have love, we'll, we'll experience uh, gentleness in our life. He's calling us to these things. And my founder of my religious community, Companions of the Cross, Father Robert Bedard, he, he loved preaching on the concept of permission. Giving God permission in our lives. He would pray the dangerous prayer, Lord, I give you permission to do whatever you want in my life, and I say yes to it before I even know what it is. And in, in, in Ottawa, where, where I come from, we have this main street in Ottawa called Bank Street. It's a very busy street. And he would say kind of jo- half jokingly, but half seriously, if the Lord wanted me to push a peanut down Bank Street with his nose, he would do it. And it's just the level of surrender that we could give to the Lord. And the truth is, we lose nothing when, when we give to the Lord, but we actually just gain, we gain everything. And this is where the rich man was blinded. He thought he was gaining everything in life by living for himself selfishly. You know, if, if I get that next iPhone, if I... If I, if I go to that restaurant, if I do this thing or that thing, I'm going to be happy. But I just invite you to be, be honest with yourselves and, and look into your hearts. Are you truly happy? Are you satisfied? Or do you want more? There's this quote that I, I read from Pope Benedict XVI not too long ago, and it's very powerful. I'd like to share it with you. He says, if we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing of what makes life free beautiful and great. No, only in this friendship are the doors of life opened wide. Only in this friendship is the great potential of human existence truly revealed. Do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away and he gives you everything. When we give ourselves to him, we receive a hundredfold in return. Yes, open, open wide the doors to Christ and you will find true life. Let us open our hearts to Christ today. Let us give him a second chance in our lives. I know when I gave the Lord a second chance in my life, it changed everything. And I know the Lord's tugging on your hearts. And, and you, you, you know in the depths of your heart where, 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 where your desires are. So I just invite you to come to the Eucharist today and say to the Lord when you receive him, Lord, I give you permission to do what you want in my life.